On this episode of Not A Status Quo Podcast, I discuss what's been going on in the sports world. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not A Status Quo Podcast. I'm your host, Nisha, and today I'll be catching up on what's been going on around the sports world. So sorry that I've been away for a couple of weeks. But unfortunately, I have a job and I have bills that need to be paid. So just been a little bit busy and haven't been able to record. But now I'm back. And so let's talk about what's been going on in the sports world. So first up, NCAA tournament return. I don't know about y'all, but my men's bracket is shot. It is just horrible right now. Currently, there's only two teams still in play for my final four. Uh, Gonzaga is still in it. That's who I picked to actually win the tournament. But so far, everything else has just been pure chaos, which is an awesome thing for the tournament, but a bad thing for my bracket. Some noticeable teams that messed me up actually were Ohio State started off. When they lost, it, it really just, it was a snowball effect for my bracket. Yeah, they lost and I had them actually making it to the Elite Eight and then Illinois lost and I had them making it to the Elite Eight and then Texas. I don't know why I put so much faith in Texas, but I actually had them making it to the Final Four and they wound up losing. I actually had Illinois making it to the Final Four, not the Elite Eight, and they lost. But there's been some really, really good games. I was back and forth with Lola and Georgia Tech, but I actually picked Georgia Tech to win, but Lola wound up winning. And before I recorded, Lola finally lost to Oregon State. Yeah, they've had a good run, but Oregon State, think about that. A 12th seed is now in the Elite Eight. That is, that's how this tournament has gone right now. Syracuse, which is an 11th seed, will be playing Houston later today. So I'm looking forward to that. I do have Houston making it to the Elite Eight but I did have them losing to Illinois uh, to go into the final four. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Michigan, see if they can make it now that uh, Texas is out. I think they'll beat Florida State. UCLA is another team that's making a deep run. I'm I'm just like floored by that. So is Oregon. You know, Oregon and uh, VCU, they were one of the first teams and only teams to be affected by COVID-19. It was unfortunate for VCU, but Oregon moved on and they haven't really stopped winning since. Who else is playing? Baylor and Villanova is playing right now. And uh, when I started to record, Villanova was up. It was around halftime. So I do have Villanova winning. Um, actually have them in the championships. Like I said right now, <laughs> two of my only teams are still available. And I actually have Gonzaga and Villanova going head to head. But yeah, I don't know what's going to happen for the men's side. In regards to the women's side, most of the games have been a lot of blowouts, which I kind of expect those first two rounds. There's been some shockers, like for example, oh, I think it was Oregon who beat Georgia. Like really? What was that about? Just recently, Iowa State and Texas A&M went head to head. BYU beat Rutgers. I didn't see that one coming. And then Arizona beat BYU. But back to the uh, Iowa State and A&M game. I was actually watching that game. And I remember around the third quarter, uh, Jordan Nixon had hit like three shots in a row. And I was like, this girl's going to mess around and win this game and mess up my bracket. And around this time, you know, Iowa State still had a really good lead. And she just, Jordan Nixon from Texas A&M, she just balled out she she balled out she made the shot to send the game into overtime and then she wound up t- taking the shot to win the game finishing up putting the team on your back that was definitely her I know that they play play Arizona next they said that they beat them earlier in the season I don't know 
um, how that's going to play out, mainly because Texas A&M, their first two games, I think they were playing Troy the first game, they didn't do well, and then you saw what happened with Iowa State, I actually had Iowa State moving on, and if you watch like the first three and a half quarters of the game, you'll see why, but I think Iowa State had like over 20 plus turnovers, so you can't expect to win with 20 something turnovers, and Texas A&M wound up winning the game, it was a really good game, another game that went into overtime that I saw was SFA and Georgia Tech, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Stephen I Austin, they almost pulled out the win, but Georgia Tech wound up taking it. Actually have Stanford winning this tournament. I just think it's their time. Baylor just won. I just think that Kim, who's their coach, is amazing. And I know they're going to be playing UConn next. And I actually have them beating UConn. I just always liked how she acts when she goes up against Gino and she has this I'm not afraid of you guys type attitude. And I just think Baylor's just a really good team and I think that they're like maybe the one team that can upset UConn. I don't see South Carolina making it to the final four only because I saw their game with Georgia and also saw another game with them and I just I just personally think that they don't have enough offensive power to go up against these other teams. So I do have Maryland beating them and I also have Indiana making it to the final four but losing to Baylor uh, and going to the championship. We'll see what happens. This tournament has been crazy on both ends, so you never know who's going to win what. But I'm super excited given the fact that we didn't have a March Madness last year. We didn't have a national tournament, and now we do. And all these teams, these double-digit seeded teams are shocking the world, and this is really great. This is what the tournament's all about. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Next up is NASCAR. Kyle Larson has returned to NASCAR. It was in the words and sports episode where I discussed Kyle Larson being suspended from NASCAR because of his use of the N-word in a iPro racing event. He did his standard diversity training and everything that he needed to do to return back to NASCAR. So he was activated at the beginning of this season to return to racing. And he is now racing for Hendrick Motorsports. He wound up winning a couple of weeks ago. So he'll be he'll be uh, competing in the NASCAR playoffs later this year. And he, he actually almost won last week's race. So I don't really know what exactly happened. One minute they're, he's leading, the next minute Ryan Blaney is winning. The only thing is, is I've noticed is that they really haven't talked about it much in in regards to the Larson situation. It was just one of those things like, you know, it happened, but no one's really bringing it up. Bubba Wallace has stated that he's talked to Larson and that they are cool. That's fine and dandy. It's just for me, it's, it's just one of those things where I look at Larson. I know he did something wrong, but I don't know. It's just, I still have like this sour taste in my mouth about it. And mainly, I think it's mainly because, you know, I look at what happened and yes, he lost sponsorships and he had to go through, I guess, your punishment of what happens when you do something like this. But then I look at the fact that he's come back. He's racing for arguably the one, the best motorsports company within NASCAR, which is Hendrick Motorsports, and he just won a race. So now you're going to be going up against other people fighting for a championship. And then I look at Bubba Wallace, who I knew, which I knew was going to be growing pains because he has a new team. He's with Jordan right now. He is in a new with a new manufacturer with Toyota, but. I look at how, you know, he's still not there yet where he can hoist a trophy up. He's had some okay runs, but nothing to where you're like, look at Bubba Wallace. And I just kind of wonder, like, when is it going to be that person's turn? The person that's really not into the drama, not disrespecting people, just trying to race, just trying to win. And, you know, it just seems like they keep falling short, whereas someone who made a really bad mistake is now working for one of the best companies in the sport 
and winning races and going to be fighting for championships. It's just one of those things where I'm not saying like Larson is a bad guy. It's just like you would think that he would struggle, I guess, coming back and he hasn't. You would think like what happened would affect him, but it doesn't seem to be affecting him at all. It just seems like I wouldn't even say it's affecting Bubba. It just seems like the universe isn't being nice in regards to Bubba. It seems like there's no balance just yet. I'm looking forward to seeing Bubba win because he's a really good guy. I think he's a decent race car driver. I think he can win some races, but I think he's respected by the fans a lot. And, you know, I just hope that one day he's able to win and, and shut those haters up. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week's race because they are going back to Bristol and they're doing a dirt track. I've never seen a dirt track race before, so I'm really excited. The one thing that I I do wonder is with dirt, I wonder if the racers are going to be a little bit more lenient on each other if like they wreck each other or if it's going to be like, nah, like full on head exploding, wanting to fight, things like that. But I really applaud NASCAR for bringing back dirt track racing. I think they said it's been a couple of decades since they've done it. And this is something new. So if it goes really well, you never know. It could be one of those things where they add this race into the playoffs like they did with the road course which would be really fun to see in a playoff so yeah that's been what's been going on with nascar Uh, martin truex jr won like two weeks ago so i'm happy about that so he'll be in the playoffs as well moving on justin james watt jj watt he left us the houston texans and he is now a member of the arizona cardinals just like d hop i pretty much knew that this was coming you know given the fact that said before and his attitude so i'm not really upset about that um, I know that a lot of people had an issue with how JJ left because uh, some of the fans felt as though he should have been traded and we should have got something in return for him instead of what McNair did, which was just basically, you know, sign his release and let JJ be able to decide where he wants to go. A lot of fans felt like if that was what you wanted to do, you could have still done that and we still could have got something in return for him. That wasn't the case. I don't really have it. I see both sides of it, but I really don't have an issue with either one. I think that in a way he's earned that right to be able to decide his future. But I also see why fans are saying, you know, we needed something in return for him instead of just letting him go flat out. But I don't think that letting him go really hurt us because I don't think that he had any more guaranteed money left. In a way, I guess it was still a win-win for the organization. I did not expect him, though, to go to the Cardinals. I really thought that he was going to go join his brothers in Pittsburgh, but he didn't. The Cardinals, they were they were all right. <laughs> they were all right. I, I saw some of their games. I just felt like they kind of lacked discipline when it was needed to close out their games or make the play that they needed to get their offense back on the fields. And then I think they just signed AJ Green. That could also be beneficial to them as well. But I wish JJ all the luck and I hope that one day he's able to raise the Lombardi trophy before he retired. Next up is NBA free agency. It wasn't as... I mean, it was spectacular, but it wasn't like spectacular, spectacular. It was, there was some interesting trades that took place. Mavericks wind up getting JJ Reddick. I don't really know if that's going to help their situation. They're underperforming. I expected a little bit more from them. They really had a a good season last year and I just kind of felt like they had a lot to build on, but they really have been kind of underperforming. The Clippers got Rondo. I was surprised by that because I really thought that they were going to get Lowry, but the Raptors wind up keeping him. I... I think it could help them out, especially in the playoff situation. If, you know, Rondo's a very smart guy, things that he can't do, if it's like minutes and things like that, he can, he can still help the younger players, Patrick Beverly as well. If you're looking for someone that needs to control the ball down the stretch, then I think they'll be okay. I think if you get playoff Rondo, you'll be okay. Who else made some notable trades? The Sixers got George Hill. Mm, I think that's a decent pickup. I don't really think the Sixers needed to 
really do too much. But um, I, I think, you know, adding another ball handler, point guard type person is really good because then you can you can do a little bit more with Ben Simmons. So that should be interesting. Uh, Vucevic went to the Bulls. That was a very exciting uh, signing. Interesting to see what the Bulls are going to do the second half of the season after this trade. You know, they may move up and uh, be be some somewhat a contender. I don't think that they'll go really far in the playoffs, but you never know. Celtics got Fournier, PJ Tucker. This was before the trade line deadline did go to the Bucks. Ola, we did trade Oladipo to the Heat. Uh, we did not get anything that I liked in return. I think the person that probably won the trade deadline was the Denver Nuggets when they signed Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. And the reason why I say that is because I look at these trades in regards to how can they be beneficial to teams in the playoffs. You know, you got the Joker, you got Murray, and I just think that they just added like another offensive weapon for themselves and maybe have taken a little bit more pressure off of each other. Um, and then with JaVel McGee, he doesn't need to necessarily score. If he can just be a defensive presence and rebound the ball, that's going to be very beneficial for Murray. It can even help Joker out a little bit, giving second chances and things like that. Or even if Joker gets into foul trouble, you can put JaVel in and, and hopefully he can give you some solid minutes just with rebounding and just playing defense. I think it's a win-win for the Denver Nuggets. They're going to be really, really good. I just found out that LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he got his buyout and Drummond has a buyout. Um, Drummond is in the lead to to join the Lakers while Aldridge has already stated that he's going to be joining the Nets. Everybody trying to get their rings. LaMarcus Aldridge is a good player, so he could be beneficial to to the Nets. I'm just trying to figure out like how that's going to work with him and Blake Griffin, but we'll see. And then Drummond, I can see him joining the Lakers. Lakers need somebody because, yeah, they need another body. I'll just say that. But all in all, interesting trades, interesting deadline, but nothing too crazy. I know that the Rockets fans are highly upset with what we got. We do have a lot of picks and a lot of pick swaps, but I'll just say Raphael Stone, he's not making a good case for himself to be the GM of the Rockets right now, but I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because we don't know what's going on in regards to management and we don't know what direction the Rockets want to go in, uh, to be exact. And plus it's his first year being an actual GM. So we'll see what happens. Maury wasn't one of those people that liked to build through the draft. He, he was the type of person that used those picks to get players and make some interesting trades, some that I didn't agree with, and then turn around and use them things that, you know, get you A-list stars and things like that. But I don't know what Raphael is going to do with with these picks. I don't know if we're going to build through the draft. I, I don't know if we're going to use them and try to leverage and get another superstar. I don't really know. But I felt as though you could have got a little bit more for Oladipo. I felt like Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero should have been involved in that trade. I personally just think so. Especially since it was very well known that Oladipo was wanted to go to the Heat. So there's a good possibility that he's going to resign with them. So I just, just some of the trades are just, I didn't like the PJ Tucker trade either. But you never know, DJ Augustine, um, he had a pretty decent game. But yeah, we'll see. Let's just move on. Talk about the Houston Rockets 20 game losing streak. They wind up beating the Raptors. So that losing streak ended and then they lost. So now we're on another losing streak. You can understand taking... I'm not one of those people that are upset about the 20 game losing streak. It's just funny that I, that we're one of those teams that have won 20 games straight and then lost 20 games straight. I've embraced the tank. I'm not upset. I'm not even mad at the coach. A lot of fans are, are saying to fire the coach and I'm like, for what? We're tanking. It's obvious. And I'm going to talk about Stephen A. Smith's uh, comments in just a second. In regards to just them losing, I'm not surprised. And the main reason why is because 
wall kept saying like oh i'm a franchise guy and things like that i was a i was skeptical of that mainly because the first 10 games of the season john wall wind up sitting out he didn't even play the first 10 games of the season he had to sit out a couple of games and that was where i was worried if you can't play 10 games in a row how are you going to play 72 games And then, you know, you're adding more pressure to Eric Gordon, who has been having a lot of injury problems the past couple of years. So his durability is in question. And then, you know, the thing with Boogie Cousins, I don't, I still understand why we let him go, but I I mean, he wasn't playing well. I know that, but I didn't really take offense to that because he's been out of the NBA for like two years. Of course, he's not going to be Boogie Cousins. I really don't know where they're going but I'm not stressing over it. And I don't think if you're a fan of the Houston Rockets, I don't think you should be stressing over either. Just embrace the tank and, you know, just hope that the organization makes the right moves when it's time for the draft and for free agency. After the draft, after free agency, if nothing has changed, then you have the right to be ticked off. But don't be mad now. Just ride the wave of losing streaks. (laughs) Going back to Stephen A. Smith about uh, in regards to his comments about Stephen Silas, I completely understand where he was coming from. He stated, you know, he, he did a comparison between him and, um, Steve Nash and how Steve Nash was basically given the keys to like a mansion in regards to having all these wonderful players. And then you wind up getting James Harden and things like that. You have Steven Salas where he is basically being told to play with what he has, which isn't great. He was saying this in regards to from a black coach perspective, since it's very difficult to get coaching jobs it's going to look bad on him when it's time for him to get another job it's like well you had a 20 game losing streak in your first season with the rockets you're what i don't even know what we are like 12 and something i i understand where steve a smith was coming from from a professional standpoint alvin gentry got fired which i i'm still a little confused about myself in regards to the pelicans but maybe they just need a culture change i don't know but i i get where he's coming from where you see coaches like that getting fired for no reason or or you know, you see the team starting to make some type of strides and the next thing you know, that coach is gone. I get it. It could affect his, it could affect his career. It could not. To take something from Joel and Joel Embiid, I think they just have to start trusting the process and, and trusting that things are going to work out for them. And Steven's going to be able to, you know, showcase his coaching ability. Right now, I don't think that he's able to coach because there were games where we only had like eight or nine players Half of your superstars are not playing. Victor Oladipo, out of the 20 games he was there, like, how many did he actually miss? I don't, like, he missed a good chunk of games, and then Wall is out, like, every other 15 days, and so you don't really have your whole team. Right now, you're playing with a lot of rookies, a lot of young kids you're going to lose. So I think that if I was Steven, I would be just trying to develop my young core. It's time to add that particular superstar, whatever young core is left after, you know, adding them through free agency or through a trade. We're able to build on that. I think everyone just needs to give Steven a break. I, but I, at the same time, I do understand where Stephen A. Smith is coming from. But I think we'll be okay. I am not going to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation until I get a little bit more information, mainly because I've been reading everything and I just have more questions. I just, I'm really confused. I I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. And so I just, I just want to get a little bit more information before I really give you my true take on what I think is going on. And so hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll be able to do that. 
But I do want to let you guys know that Tiffany and Shannon will be returning next episode, and we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, We're still going to do some sports in the first half of the episode, but we are going to be talking about the hit show Girlfriends. We're going to be giving you guys our take and letting you know, you know, what we think of the show. I'm going to give you my take on it as an adult because I actually never watched Girlfriends when I was younger. Don't, don't get mad at me. Like, I watch other black shows, so don't do that. It's just, it's just Girlfriends, one of those shows I didn't watch. But Tiffany and Shannon actually watched the show when they were younger, and so they're going to give you, like, what they thought when, when they were young and then what they think now and if, you know, they still feel the same way about the show. Something different, but we're still going to talk about sports, so check out that next episode. Uh, it'll be released real soon and uh we got a couple other things going on some people from some other podcasts may be joining us in some future episodes well that is it for this episode hope you enjoyed the catch-up i will hopefully have a little bit more time to record a little bit more and bring you guys some more episodes but until then make sure you like comment and share and don't forget to follow us on social media at not a underscore podcast on instagram and at not a podcast on facebook hope you all have a great day enjoy march madness and i will see you next time on another episode of not a podcast peace